0: Welcome to Shadow Dominatrix, the podcast. I'm your host, Lois St. Germain. On this show, you can expect to learn all about what makes you tick as we use human design, shadow work, and step into the taboo dom sub world to answer the inner call to become a turned on, unfuckwithable woman of wealth and personal power to become a shadow dominatrix. I promise you it will be liberating, spicy, and certainly kinky, but one thing it will never be, and that's vanilla. Welcome, my darling listeners, to a tantalizing journey into the depths of desire and empowerment. I am your unapologetically provocative guide, Mistress Shadow, the enigmatic alter ego of Lois St. Germain. Today, we descend into the intoxicating dance of codependency and co-creation, specifically in the realms of money and business. We're not here to whisper sweet nothings, but to unravel the intricate dynamics that bind us. Brace yourselves for personal tales, psychological enchantments, and a wicked twist that will leave you craving more. Can we truly embrace our shadows while we point our fingers outward? The answer may surprise you. If you've chosen to explore these forbidden desires of self-discovery, then tighten your corsets, clasp those cuffs, and prepare for a journey like no other. Stay with me, for we're about to descend into the shadows where pleasure and empowerment entwine. I want to begin with talking about definitions and differences between codependency and co-creation. Codependency is often defined as a way of behaving in relationships where you persistently prioritize someone else over yourself and you assess your mood based on how they behave. I define it as, as any time That you are pointing a finger at someone or something while making them or it responsible for your thoughts, feelings, or actions. You might also see the correlation um, where we talk about taking emotional responsibility. That, to me, is what codependency is all about. Co creation, on the other hand, is to create something jointly. So codependence is a dynamic where individuals overly rely on others for their emotional well-being, self-worth, and validation. In a codependent relationship, one person often takes on the role of caretaker or rescuer, while the other may assume the role of victim or dependent. This dynamic can be unhealthy as it can lead to an imbalance of power, a lack of personal boundaries, and a sense of entanglement where individuals lose sight of their own needs and identity. Co creation, on the other hand, involves individuals or entities coming together to collaborate and create something greater than the sum of their parts. It's a partnership built on mutual respect, shared goals, and a commitment to growth. In co-creation, each party brings their unique strengths and contributions to the table, and together they generate new ideas, opportunities, and value. Co-creation fosters a sense of empowerment, autonomy, and synergy where the whole is truly greater than the sum of its parts. In essence, the key distinction lies in the nature of the relationship. Codependence tends to be characterized by an unhealthy and often imbalanced reliance on another, while co-creation involves a healthy, mutually beneficial collaboration that empowers individuals to achieve more together than they could separately. And if you recall, last week we talked about Cartman's drama triangle, and you see it here again in the definition of codependency. But for simplicity, let's look at my definition of codependency to see if you recognize this anywhere in your current self. As we are called to step more deeply into leadership, it's imperative that we look at what self-responsibility means and not just on the surface, not just when someone's watching. I'm talking about radical self-responsibility where the only direction your finger is pointing is at yourself. I also want to explore whether or not it's possible to co-create our future, our goals, with our subconscious if we don't learn the self-responsible finger pointing first. For me, I can see now or I now see all of the areas where I am in a state of codependence the moment I see my finger pointing at something external. Let's look at this. Like the most common, easiest place to recognize this is with regards to money. The moment we think money is the answer to our emotions, we're in codependency. I've done this, and to be quite honest, I still catch myself doing it at times. In my corporate climb, I continuously believed that the next rung on the ladder would make me feel worthy. The next raise would be the one that finally allowed me to get my head above water and breathe. None of them ever did. They couldn't. They don't have that ability. In business, my thoughts were like, I only need three clients, three more clients, and then my business will support me. And in both of these stories, I was dependent on money, at times disguised, yes, to save me, to be my rescuer. And as we talked last week, the moment that I didn't, I made it my villain. It's money's fault that I don't feel safe. And I was actually, it was actually a conversation with a client during a coaching session a few weeks ago who was struggling to release her inner child so that she could focus on her future And what we discovered was that the struggle was more from a place of codependency. She couldn't wrap her mind around just thanking her inner child for getting her to where she is today in order to cultivate a new relationship with her future self. It felt like a betrayal instead of gratitude. And as we continue to look at why she believes this, um, it was still very clear that this codependency was preventing her co-creation with her future self. And perhaps you too have had these moments, right? We find a life partner that we believe will save us. We expect our children to make us feel a certain way. And God forbid, if they do something that affects our emotions, how could they? How could they be seeking their own journey? But Let's look at this through the lens of shadow work that I continuously harp on. Carl Jung taught us that until we make the unconscious conscious, it will rule our life and we will call it fate. I want to propose that until we stop pointing our finger at something external, we have no capacity to even begin exploring our unconscious because it requires us to look internally which is why it feels so unsafe. And up until this point, our focus has been on the external world. And that in itself is scary enough, right? Perhaps you've felt the resistance to explore your shadows, those hidden desires and fears. I want to pause for a moment, rebels, and let's talk about a tool that's so much more than just a tool. Ever felt like your future self is this tantalizing vision, always just one step ahead, luring you, but somehow out of reach? Well, it's time to catch her and become her. I present you the ultimate roadmap from current you to super self. This isn't just another guide. It's your invitation to a binding rendezvous between who you are now and who you're destined to become. The roadmap is your key to define, in no uncertain terms, the vision, the characteristics, and the audacity of your future self. But it doesn't stop there. It guides you into sealing a consensual contract with her. This 45-page workbook covers all the bases, just like a professional DOM subcontract would. It includes step-by-step instructions on how to create a consensual contract with yourself in-depth exercises to shape the identity of your future self, a concrete actionable version, not just a daydream templates to draft your very own inked covenant, bridging the gap between today and tomorrow examples to spark your curiosity and so much more and because I adore early adopters who are as impatient as I am, the first 20 to jump on board in the next 48 hours get exclusive access to a one-on-one video session with me. We'll dissect, analyze, and supercharge your roadmap. So, are you ready to make a pact with your future self? Don't just imagine her, become her. Click the link in the show notes seal the contract. Your super self is more than a dream. She's your destiny waiting to manifest. Are you up for the journey? So how do we recognize this codependence in action? It's often disguised as a defense mechanism, such as denial, projection, rationalization, splitting, or repression. Does that sound familiar? right? Let's look at all of these or each of these. Denial. We often deny reality, pretending that we're not responsible for our own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Denial lures us into a world where we refuse to acknowledge the truth. It's as if we're dancing blindfolded, unaware of the real dangers and desires lurking. Then there's projection and I am the queen of projection being a line five in human design, right? And because we haven't done the shadow or trauma work that we tend to project onto others, the responsibility of our safety and our self-worth. This is the art of pointing fingers and projecting our own unacknowledged emotions onto others, we accuse, we blame, we avoid looking inward, choosing instead to cast our desires and fears onto unsuspecting partners. This is where we find our emotion, ourselves emoting at people. You see it clearly in others when you inadvertently trigger someone and they overreact to the situation. Same goes for when someone triggers you and you overreact. Then we have rationalization. Everyone loves a good excuse. Well, if Joey had just done his part, I could have done mine. We weave tales of justification, making us believe that our behaviors, no matter how tangled or destructive, are entirely reasonable. We convince ourselves of our righteousness while deep down we're drowning in a sea of excuses. Then we have splitting, which you may recognize as either or thinking where there is no gray. I have a child who does not see gray, (laughs) Um, but it's a tendency to see people and situations as all good or all bad, leaving no room for nuance. In this world, our perception becomes distorted. And we're trapped in a black and white reality where anything outside of this threatens our safety. Then lastly, I believe is repression, which is the total avoidance of emotion. We stuff it all down so that no one can see it. Not even ourselves. This seductress encourages us to lock away our true desires hide our authentic selves, and pretend that all is well. We tuck away our shadows, but they lurk beneath the surface, yearning for release. Now, these mechanisms are the siren that keeps us ensnared in the web of codependency. They protect us from the discomfort of self-reflection But in doing so, they deny us the pleasure of personal growth and empowerment. Can you recognize any of these defense mechanisms in your own behavior or in those around you? Right. Denial, projection, rationalization. Anyone? I believe that this is a great place to start recognizing our codependence and begin turning that finger around towards ourselves. Because until we do, we cannot even begin to do shadow work or recognize our childhood trauma responses. And I came to this realization and this point as I pondered why people don't run toward shadow work. What are they really afraid of? Now I see that they have no capacity to even begin while they remain in a codependent state with something external. This is quite a tangled web. So where do we even begin to unravel it? Before I get to that, I want to look at self-responsibility. Let's delve into a crucial aspect of our journey, the balance between acknowledging personal responsibility and understanding external factors in the realm of codependency. In codependency, it's not uncommon to grapple with the question of where our personal responsibility ends and the influence of uh, external circumstances begins. Can we indeed embrace our desires and choices while recognizing the impact of external forces? Imagine a scale before you. On one side, we have personal responsibility, our ability to own our own um, desires, choices, and actions. It's about taking charge of our lives and decisions. On the other side, we find external factors, the external circumstances, influences, and situations that shape our lives. It's the acknowledgement that we don't exist in isolation and that outside forces can have a profound impact. The secret here is not an either-or choice, but a balance, much like a well-choreographed dance. Personal responsibility encourages us to take control and be, mas- be the masters of our fate, while understanding external factors reminds us of our place in the larger context. To put it simply, personal responsibility is about taking ownership, like holding a whip in your hand. It's about claiming your desires and choices with authority. Understanding external factors, on the other hand, is like recognizing your partner in your dance. It's the awareness that sometimes circumstances beyond our control influence our steps. The balance lies in awareness it's the art of knowing when to assert personal responsibility and when to gracefully accept the influence of external factors. It's a dance of empowerment and wisdom. So how do we begin to strike this balance? Firstly, we have to learn to become the observer of our thoughts and not just the thinker of them. I use several methods with of this with my clients, including some of Byron Katie's work and a process where we write down our circumstance, the thought we're having about it, the feeling that the thought evokes, the actions inspired by that feeling, including inaction, and the result this entire process creates. Through this objective observation, we begin to clearly see our responsibility for the results we're experiencing, and we also recognize the neutrality of the circumstances themselves. Now, this can be done on your own, but it must be done in writing. This process does not work when it's left inside of our heads. And trust me, I try all the time. to do it in my head and I think I'm doing a great job yet I don't make progress because we can't think and observe from the same place. Just as Einstein said, a problem cannot be solved from the same level it was created. You must get your thoughts out of your head and onto paper or onto your tablet in order to observe them. Because we struggle to remove the positive and negative connotation of a circumstance while it is still in our brain. Now, I could give you a list of things to do in order to find the balance that we discussed. But quite frankly, this process I just outlined is probably the most powerful place to begin. It was something that I learned at the very beginning and I still Years later, do it to this day when I'm trying to understand why I'm doing something, why I'm not taking responsibility for something, why these results that I'm having keep showing up, like what could have created them. That five-step process of circumstance, thought, feeling, action, and result are my go-to tool for looking at this. If you want to take this work a little deeper or a lot deeper, feel free to message me or you can read any of Byron Katie's work. She goes through this process um, beautifully in everything I've read from her. So now that you've begun to see your responsibility in creating your results, you can shift your codependence to co creation. You can also begin to look at your shadows and trauma responses as part of you, a part necessary to complete the whole picture. So instead of using the defense mechanisms we outlined earlier to avoid responsibility, you can begin to consciously choose it. And I know. You've heard the advertisements, and we've spoken at length about the ultimate roadmap from current you to super self, which is a co-creation contract between current you and future you. And in order for that to work and to be the powerful process that it is, it requires you to first break your codependency cycles. I hope this episode has given you insight into your own psyche enough for you to take the first step. I encourage you to explore this process further and if you're ready to break free from codependency and embrace co-creation, take the first step towards radical self-responsibility. Ah, my bold explorers, we've navigated the depths, confronted our desires and danced in the edge of the shadows. But as with all good things, our journey must come to an end. Until our next rendezvous, remember the power lies within you waiting to be harnessed. I, Mr. Shadow, will be here ready to lead you further down the path of radical wisdom and empowerment. Keep your eyes peeled for the next tantalizing episode where we'll dive even deeper into the forbidden realms of self-discovery. Until we meet again, my delightful listeners, embrace your shadows, own your desires, and always, always lead yourself to lead others. Ta-ta for now. If you'd like to continue to play in the dark, I'd love to have you join me inside the Inner Power Portal text membership, where we dive deep into all things human design, shadowy, and mentally kinky we expand and push the limits of our edges all within the safety of a two-way text portal if you're ready for the depth join me at text.shadowdom.com that's t e x t shadow s h a d o w d o m m e .com i can't wait to see you on the inside